what's up, church? Who's glad to be in the house of God today? Anybody glad to be in God's house? Come on. Yeah, so glad. So glad that you're with us today. And a, a big hello, too, to everybody who's online with us. And those of you who are, are at our 430 campus, come on, we just want to say a big hello. Let's give a big shout out to everybody today. Let them know it's good to have them. Glad you're with us today. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm excited about this new series that we're kicking off today. It's called SOS rescuing relationships, but I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in, in just a moment. I really want to just give one more last hoorah, last push, last plug for uh, our marriage conference that's coming up this Friday and Saturday. It is Friday evening uh, into Saturday morning, okay? So it's not all day Friday. It's just Friday evening. Starts at, I believe, around 6 or 7 o'clock, and then Saturday morning up until lunchtime. And so we want to just, we want you to make sure, make sure you register for that because if you don't register today, the price goes up tomorrow. So you're going to make us work harder. We're going to make you pay more. That's just what we're going to do. All right. We, all right no, kidding. But if, 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 it, uh, if money is a reason why you can't attend, uh, we would love to help you out with that. We don't want money to be, ever be a reason why you can't be a part of something that we're doing here. And so we'd love for you to be a part of this. And then, of course, uh, today is a, a Next Step Sunday for us. And what that means is it's, it's the first Sunday of the month. And the first Sunday is always a Sunday where there are multiple next steps. So you heard them talking about growth track. Today's step one of the growth track. So like if you want to know more about the church, how do I get plugged in? Uh, vision, values. We talk about... Uh, uh, church governance. Who do I answer to? How do we handle the finances of the church? All of that we cover in step one of the growth track, and that's where we do church membership. So if you're interested in being part of what we're doing here, uh, becoming a member of what God's doing here, that happens uh, at step one. And by the way, we, it's going on right now at 10 o'clock, uh, but also happening at 1145 and then happening at four, uh, after our 430 service tonight. So there's three opportunities every uh, every time we do growth track. Next week, step two. So it's just a way to take those next steps. But also today is water baptism, everybody. Water baptism. So some of you, yeah, you've made a decision to follow Christ. You've said yes to Jesus. And the next step for you is to be water baptized. That's what Jesus, he doesn't just ask us to do it. He actually commands. He says, that's your way. That's the way that you tell people, I'm going public with my faith. Hey, everybody, I have decided, all right? And so we're doing that right after the service today, uh, and, and, and so you can be water baptized. And I want to I just bring some clarity, because I talked to a lady last week uh, out uh, before one of the services, and she's like, yeah, I want to get baptized, but she was unsure of the process of how to get baptized, and that had kind of been keeping her from following those steps. And so I just want to tell you, every week that we do water baptism, we always say, Man, we got everything you need. We've got the shirts and shorts, and, and all of that is true. So if you are here today and you say, my next step is water baptism, then I want to tell you exactly what, what you need to do. So you, like, literally, I'm going to give you directions. Here is what you're going to do. After this service, you'll go to that table out in the lobby. It just says water baptism, and you'll tell them what size shirt you are. They'll get you a pair of shorts. They'll get you fresh underwear out of the packaging, all right? It's going to be there for you. And then, uh, and then a towel. You don't even have to bring any of that stuff. We provide all of that for you. And then you take all that. You go to the restroom, and you change into, into your baptism gear. You come out. 
we, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And then and we clap, man. It's one of the greatest celebrations of City Hope is just celebrating life change. And then, and then you go back to the restroom, change back into the clothes that you had on. All right? It's just that simple. And, and in case you were like the lady I talked to last week, I'm just trying to help you. I'm just pointing the way and clearing the path. She, when I told her that, she's like, oh, it's easy. I'm doing that next Sunday. Like, yeah, come on. Let's go. All right? So today... Let's, let's take those next steps of water baptism. It's the first Sunday of the month, too. So we had first Saturday serve yesterday. Uh, our first Wednesday got, um, got uh, inclement weathered out, right? We weren't able to do that, but uh, this is the first week of the month, so it's a tithing Sunday. We bring God not just the first of our resources and our, and our, our, uh, our money, but we bring Him the first Saturday, the first Wednesday, the first Sunday. We just believe that God deserves the first and the best of every part of our life. Can I get an amen on that? And then get in groups, get in groups, get in groups. Life change is happening in small groups, everybody. That You can search the directory, get in a group. But uh, I want to get into the message today. We're in part one of the series we're calling SOS, Rescuing Relationships. So it's kind of a play off the Morse code, right? What, is, what does SOS mean? Help! And here's what I believe. All of us could use a little bit of help in relationships. Can I get a witness? Like, doesn't matter how great you are at it, we could all use a little bit of help. And, and so my job as the pastor here is to lead you and feed you, okay? So what that means is I lead us from mountainside to valleys to mountainsides, and we're coming out of a season where we've been, we've been learning how to be a church that really is is built on the Word of God, a, a church that the gates of hell can't prevail against. And so now I want to take us into a season of relationships. We're going to spend the next five weeks talking about relationships. And, and I believe that there is a major problem in our society right now when it comes to relationships, dating, marriage, sexuality. We, we have a major problem. And I think... I don't, I don't know that we can blame it all on the church, but I want to take just a moment and say the church has a huge responsibility in where our culture is right now because we refused to talk about those kinds of things. What, what the church did was stuck its head in the sand and just pretended like, oh, it's no big deal. It really doesn't affect us. It's not really, it's not really it doesn't matter to me until, until your child comes home and they're not sure. And then all of a sudden it matters. Right? So I'm just saying we, we need to be a church built on the Word of God, truth and grace. We love every person, but, but we also live in a culture that is, that is trying to hijack, hijack relationships. And we know the one who created relationships, don't we? So we're going to let the one who created the relationships define the relationships. All right? So the one, who, the one who designed it gets to define it, and that is built on the Word of God. And so the church is the perfect place to be talking about relationships, perfect place to be talking about sex. By the way, we're going to be talking about that through this series. So uh, if you have a middle schooler, they should be good because they know stuff you don't think they know. All right. And just because your head is in the sand doesn't mean that they don't know. They know. All right. And so I'm just trying to save you. If you don't want them asking questions from you today on the way home, we have kids ministry, all right? So uh, 
There's your chance. I'm just saying. All right, here we go. Um, so, so we're not going to let the we're not going to let the internet define relationships. Everybody, we're not going to let culture define relationships. We're not going to let the locker room define relationships. We let God define relationships. Amen. All right. So before I get into the message, I got to give you some ground rules. And the first ground rule is you have to listen for yourself. I know it's going to be really tempting. You're sitting beside your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend, and you're going to be thinking, I hope he's listening. <laughs> Sir, you're going to think, she really could use this right now. I, I know how we are. I know how we're built. So, so let's not go there, all right? Let's listen for ourselves. What's God saying to us, all right? So the other thing, the second ground rule is that, uh, that we, we can't filter this through the past. All right, I know that in a room this size, we all didn't start off right. We all made some mistakes. We, we all have failed along the way, and so we're not, we're not filtering this through the past. Come on, everybody. Today's a fresh start. God is a God of do-overs. You may not have gotten it right the first time, but hey, this is your second chance. Let's start today. Let's get it right today. Amen? Don't filter through the past. And then the third uh, ground rule is I'm not going to pull any punches. So I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm, I'm not going to skip over anything that Solomon does teach, but I'm also not going to bring something he doesn't teach, all right? So if you don't like what I teach, just take that up with God, because he, he, he's, he's the one who put it in the book, all right? So um, over the next several weeks, we're going to just five weeks, we're going to do this series. And let me kind of tell you, set the scene for us. It is the Song of Solomon. All right? It's after the book of Ecclesiastes, and it's written by Solomon himself. All right, And so as we study the book of Song of Solomon, um, you'll need to know there's three main characters in this book. So there's, there's the lover. That's Solomon. He's King David's son, by the way. And Solomon, uh, Solomon was just like his father in that he wrote uh, proverbs and he wrote songs. He, he, in fact, he wrote 3,000 proverbs. And over 1,000 songs. The Song of Solomon is often called the Song of Songs. So in the same way we call Jesus the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Song of Songs is to say that this is the greatest song that Solomon ever wrote. So God thought about it that much, he went ahead and put it in our Bible, all right? So this is a pretty important book. I know a lot of us, we don't, we don't really get into it because kind of like, man, I don't really understand it or, or you, you know, I, I, I don't get it. So I'm going to try to break it down. So the lover is Solomon. The, the beloved is, a, is the Shulamite maiden. And a Shulamite is a person who still wishes Don Shula was the coach of the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Shulamite. If, if, if Shula was the coach, we might win, right? It's just kind of, no, I'm just kidding. Actually, they, they don't know. They don't know really it's, it's hard to tell why she was called a Shulamite woman. But then there's the friends, and those are the daughters of Jerusalem. So what we're going to do over, over the next several weeks is we're going to talk about how they dated. We're going to talk about how they married each other. They're going to talk about the honeymoon, and all of the men are going to be taking notes on that Sunday because it says they made love all night long, <laughs> all night, all night. Yeah, we're going to take notes over and, okay, that's good. And what else? <laughs> then we're going to talk about how they fought. Hey, they got into some fights. 
but they finished well. We've all heard of irreconcilable differences, but we're going we're gonna to wrap up this series with reconcilable differences because they finished well, all right? So today we're going to jump in. We're going to talk about the, their dating game and, and what that looked like, but we're going to learn from it also as marrieds. But before we go there, I thought, um, you know, we live in a culture where so many people are finding their spouse online online dating, apps, matchmakers, those kinds of things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I just thought if, if you're going to look for your mate online, I just thought you would need to know if they say this, what they really mean is that. Okay? So like if, like, like if she says she's 40-ish on her profile, that means she's 49 and a half. All right? <laughs> she's, she's not being completely honest. All right? If he says he's 40-ish, that means he's 55 and he's looking for a 25-year-old. If he says he's huggable, that means means he's got a few extra pounds and more body hair than Bigfoot. He's he's plush. If she says she's romantic, that means she looks better by candlelight. Uh, just turn the lights down. Uh, all right, if he says he's a family guy, that means he's 35 years old, still living at home in his mother's basement, and he's unemployed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what about um, when she says she's an independent woman? That means uh, she has control issues. She will dominate you, and you will like it. This next one's my favorite, right? If he says that he's emotionally stable, that's a red flag. (laughs) The fact that he would say that is a red flag. What that means is he has not had a restraining order in the last year, okay? (laughs) He's emotionally stable. And if she says she's a good conversationalist, that means she never stops talking. (laughs) Talks and talks. All right, all right. So, So that's a little bit about... So some online dating games. You just got to know. You got you to be able to fill it out, right? So we're going to get into week one of this series. And what I want to do is I want to talk about four values or qualities, if you will, that we need to develop. Okay, so if you're dating, if you're unmarried and you're dating right now, these are four qualities you need to develop in you, but also four qualities you need to look for in a future spouse. Got it? Or if you're married, these are four qualities you need to develop in you. All right, now if you're married, you can't develop these for your spouse. Can I get an amen? Like, so, so they got to develop it for themselves, but you develop it for you, all right? And so we're going to start and, and spend most of our time in Song of Solomon chapter 1 and a little bit of chapter 2. So if you've got your message notes, pull those out. We're going we're gonna to jump right in here, and we're going we're gonna to start with this. The first, the first thing that we need to develop in our lives, dating or marriage, is this, godly character. Godly character. So I'm not talking about reputation. Reputation is, it's who people think you are. Character is who you really are. Y'all get that? So we're trying to develop in us, I want to be a godly person. I want to have godly character. And I want you to see what she says, what the beloved, the Shulamite woman says about Solomon, she says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. 
For your love is more delightful than wine. What does that mean? That means there's just something about you, Solomon. You just make things better, more delightful. There's, it's just so good to be around you. She goes on and, and she says, pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Now, if, if you remember, if you fast forward to the New Testament, there was a woman who came to Jesus and broke an alabaster box over his feet and anointed him, right? And, and what did she pour out over him? Oil. She poured out a fragrant perfume over him. Anybody remember how much that oil was worth? A year's wages. So this is not just like Stetson Cologne, all right? <laughs> you went down to the dollar store, you got something out of the gas station thing, you know. You just, it's not that. This is costly, very rare perfume. This is not just any ordinary perfume. No ordinary oil or perfume. It's costly. The only thing more rare than this oil was a bath in those days. You know what I mean? Like they didn't have showers. So they used this oil to, to lotion themselves and to slick back their hair and to make them presentable in public. It would go days, weeks without a bath. And so she says, pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes and she likens it to his name. So you've got to know that uh, there's something about a person's name. The name of a person tells you a lot about them. Right? I mean, just by a person's name, you know what they look like. You know where they work. You, you can tell. You can write a book about the person and their name. And she says, your perfume, it, it's, it's like your name is like the perfume that's just been poured out. It's just so rare. What she is saying is... there. You make everything better. When you walk into the room, Solomon, oh, your character, your integrity, you just take it to another level. There's just something about being around you. And she says, no wonder all of the maidens love you. No wonder all the girls want you. You mind, though. No wonder all the girls want you. Listen, the, the maidens didn't want Solomon because he was a hottie with a body. They wanted him because he had character. And they're like, man, I want a guy like that. I wish, my, I, wish I could find a, a gentleman like that. And so I, I want to I encourage you today um, that ladies, single ladies especially, um, the first thing you look for in a guy is character. First thing you look for, it's not what's his paycheck. It's not where did he get his college degree. It is does he know Jesus Christ? Does he have character? Let me say it this way. If you're not satisfied with the fish you've been catching, then change the bait you've been using. Well, Pastor Ben, I, I, want, man, I just wish I could get a good Christian guy, but they all seem to be concerned about the wrong thing. If you don't like the fish you're catching, change the bait you're using. Because like attracts like. If you're going after God, man, the, the wrong people won't be chasing after you. If you're developing godly character, you're not going to be attracting the, uh, the moths. You know what I'm talking about? No, you're going to attract somebody who's chasing the same thing you are. All right, guys, the last place you need to find a lady is in the club. You're going to find no godly character there. You need, you need to look. Where, where do you look, Pastor Ben? In the house of God. Some, some of you grew up in a small church and you're like, I can't find anybody in church. I'm related to them all, right? Just, <laughs> That's what I love about this church. There's, there's a lot of fish in the sea, right? It's just, 
You don't, don't look in the wrong places. If you look in, in the club for, for, for a godly woman, you're going to be looking for love in all the wrong places. Now, some of y'all know that song. You, yeah, so we, what do we want to do? Build godly character. You want a godly marriage one day, build a godly life today. All right, you, you with me? So that's the first thing. Uh, singles, you're developing that. You're developing godly character looking for godly character. If you're married, you're developing that godly character in your life. Okay, number two is this. Now we got to have growing trust. It's the second quality that we need to develop in ourselves. So if, if you're in the dating game right now and, and, and you're, you're kind of, uh, you know, going on some dates with different people, listen, don't open up. Don't be vulnerable on the first date. Don't be like Buddy the Elf and be like, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. You got to pump the brakes. You got to figure out whether they're godly character or not, right? And then, and then you start building that, uh, that, that trust. And then you can be vulnerable. Then you can share some things with, with them. And, and that's what Solomon and the Shulamite woman do here. They, they're, they're building their life on godly character. Solomon owned the vineyard. You're going to learn from just a second. He owned all of these vineyards. And, and he leased them out to different people. And he was leasing a, vine, a vineyard to her brothers. And, and she begins to open up to Solomon about how she's been treated and, and how her brothers are, are treating her and what she's insecure about. Check this out. In, in verse 5, it says that she says, I'm dark. She's talking about her skin color. I'm dark yet lovely. Hey, I can be loved, loved and I can love Solomon. And she says, oh, I'm, I'm dark yet lovely, O daughters of Jerusalem. I'm dark like the tents of Kedar. That's, that's, um, those were made out of black goat hair. Very dark. And so she, she says, I'm, I'm as dark as the tent curtains of Solomon. And she says, don't stare at me because I'm dark. Don't look at the wrong thing. She says, I'm a little, I'm a little insecure about the way I look. I'm insecure because I've been darkened by the sun. I'm going to tell you why she had been darkened by that. But, but in our culture today, I mean, we have a, a society where we have a whole, a whole industry built on tanning beds. You know what I mean? Like, in those days, lighter skin was, was more attractive. Like, the daughters of Jerusalem, they would have all, they wouldn't have been working like she was working. In fact, most people believe she was a peasant woman. This is the ultimate Cinderella story. Like she's, she's a peasant. She's working in the vineyard. She's working out there, and she's darkened by the sun. Let me show you why. She said, my, my mother's sons were angry with me. They made me take care of the vineyards. They made me get out there and work the vineyards. But my own vineyard, I have neglected. What she's saying is, I've been so busy taking care of everything else that I haven't taken care of myself. And I'm insecure about the way I look, about my skin color. I'm insecure about my socioeconomic status because, because I'm poor. I'm out here working the fields. I've been abused by the heat of the sun. She's insecure. And she begins to open up to him about this. And by the way, just to help all the guys out, every woman, men, listen to me, every woman has insecurities. No matter how beautiful they are, they have insecurities and it's not our job to point them out. It's our job to just love them through it, to walk with them through it. And so, so the next quality, okay, so she's, she's trusting him enough to open up about her, her, her insecurities. 
Well, then the next quality we need to develop is, is this. We need to have singles, marriage, we need to have higher standards. Higher standards. So for, for you ladies out there, single ladies, this is, this is so important. Young men, this is important to, have, to build high walls. Those of you who are married, I can tell you for our staff that, that work here at the church, we have, we, we have serious high walls that we build. We say, hey, we're not, we're not going to um, be alone with an opposite sex in, in any way. Like if, if they're stuck on the side of the road, we'll call some help for you, but we ain't giving you a ride anywhere. Sorry. Hey, we're, we're just going to build high walls. We're, we're, we're going to communicate with a, a, a third person whenever we have to communicate with the opposite sex. We're just not going to give room for the enemy, right? Yeah. So it's a higher standard. Ladies, single ladies, build these higher standards. So, because if you, want, if you want what the world has, just keep doing what the world's doing. But if you want something different than what the world has, you want a lasting relationship, a lasting marriage, then you have to build your life on higher standards. You have to do something different than the world is doing. Can't keep doing it. The same thing that they're doing. So, so it's higher standards. Watch what happens. She says, um, tell me, you whom I love, she's talking to Solomon. Tell me, Solomon, where you're, where you're grazing your flock and where you're resting your sheep at midday. She says, I want to know where you're going to be. Get, t- tell me. We're, we're creating high standards here. High walls, Solomon. I need you to, I need you to, let me say it this way. It it is perfectly fine for your spouse to know where you are at all times. I thought, I thought I'd get an amen on that one. (laughs) It's not even in my notes. Why are you checking on me like that? It's okay. Y'all are married. It's it's fine. Tell me where you're grazing your flock. Why did she want to know? Well, she wanted to know because she says, I don't want to be like the veiled women. What's a, what's, the veiled, what's a veiled woman? A veiled woman was a prostitute. I don't want to be, I don't want to look like I'm out here just trying to sleep around with any guy because I'm looking for you. She said, I'm, I'm building these high walls. I want to know where you're at because I don't want to be like the veiled women, the prostitutes beside the flocks of your friends. Now, let me give you some explanation here. In those days... Uh, prostitutes, would they would just hang out on the edge of the field. And when the guys come home from a hard day's work, they just interact right there on the edge of the fields. And she says, that's not me. You, you may know some people like that, Solomon. I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. I'm building some high standards. If, if, you, want, if you want this, what I got, you, you're going to have to do some things differently. Tell me where you at, and I'll... I'll, I'll be there. And so uh, she builds godly standards. And, and Solomon, by the way, is attracted to that. He goes, you got it. Absolutely, what, whatever you need. And so I want to I take just a moment as we talk about high standards. And I want to just set a tone here bibli- biblically. We talked about how God is the creator. He designed relationships, and therefore we let him define relationships. And it's important for us as a church to know what we believe. What does City Hope believe? Well, we believe that the Word of God is the uh, authority on everything in life, including sexuality. So we believe that biblical sexual relationship is between a biological male and a biological female in the confines of marriage. That's, that's what we believe about that, okay? And so you have a choice 
as, as you're growing and you're developing in your walk with the Lord, you have a choice as you're dating people. Am I going to, am I going to save myself from marriage? And, and, and you know what? With that comes the risk of I'm going to be made fun of. I'm going to be called old-fashioned. People are, all of my, my friends in college might be doing things differently than me. I'm going to have to say no to some party invites. I'm going to have to be careful about who I allow in my life. And people won't understand it if I save myself from marriage. Or you can sin together. Those are your choices. And, and you go, well, what does it matter really, Pastor Ben? Why does it matter if you sin together? What's the big deal? Well, it matters because, and I told you I'm not going to pull any punches, okay? But it matters because if you choose to sin together, then you're compromising. And if you get married, you're marrying a compromiser. And if you're willing to compromise on the most holy and sacred act of marriage, then what else are you willing to compromise over? And, and, and there's, listen, no condemnation, no guilt for those of you. I know that some of you in this room today, listen, if, 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 if you're going to sin together, your honeymoon's not going to be any different than any normal day. Like, it's just business is normal. And there's some of you that you feel the weight of your past. You've messed up. You've, you, you really made some mistakes. And for some of you, just honestly, you were like you had a gold medal in naked gymnastics. I mean, I, it, <laughs> we get it. And you think like, well, Pastor Ben, maybe you're feeling guilt, you're feeling condemnation, you're feeling like, man, I don't, I've messed up, I've gone too far. Can I just tell you today, today's the second day. So today, today's the second chance. Don't filter it to, through the past. You can start today. You can say, what, you know what, I messed up in the past, but from this day forward, I'm going to live my life honoring God, building godly trust, setting higher standards. I'm going to do that. And I want to encourage you to do that. Encur encourage you to, to set those boundaries and, uh, and from this day forward. And I'll, I'll just be honest with you. I'll tell you, some of you know this about me from just times that I've preached about it. But uh, the worst decision I ever made was being promiscuous in high school, not saving myself for marriage. Annalise and I, in, in our marriage, we, we were able to save our relationship and our marriage. Our, our, we were able to save ourselves for our marriage, but I didn't. In high school. But I thank God for a do-over. I thank God for a second chance. I thank God he can still use me. Amen? And, it, and if he can use me, he can use you. Just telling you. So, so th that's the third quality. We're building higher standards. No guilt, no condemnation. From this day forward, the high walls. And then number four is consistent encouragement. Consistent encouragement. And, and this is, you know, this is really important for married couples because it's like when we get married, for some reason we just feel like, well, I, I told you I loved you when I got married to you. I don't know why you need to be told every day. It's because we need consistent encouragement, right? Like, and I know, you, ladies, you would, you would probably agree that everything, most of, not everybody, but for a lot of the guys in this room, it's like when we... When we finally got married, it's like we stopped pursuing. We stopped doing some things that, that won their heart. And that to begin with, we stopped the encouragement. And so this is huge, consistent encouragement. So remember what she was insecure about. She was insecure about the way she looked, her socioeconomics, 
where she came from, what she, the fact that she had been abused by the sun. She was darkened by the sun. And I want you to see what Solomon does. All right, watch what he does. He says, I liken you, my darling, to a mare, harnessed to one of the, favor, the, the chariots of favor. What he's saying is, girl, you as sexy as a horse. <laughs> Don't try that at home, all right? Bad, bad call, all right? But in reality, let me, sh- let me give you some clarity for that because that's really kind of what he's doing. Is he, he's, but let me tell you why. She, he says, you're like one of the mares, who, um, one of the chariots of Pharaoh, pulling the chariots of Pharaoh. Think about those horses, okay? Those horses were majestic. They were, they were pure white. They were beautiful. Some people thought they were like gods. So what he's saying to her is, you're like a goddess, and you're the closest thing to heaven on earth. Man, you're, you're, you're like the, the, the greatest. You're, you're like one of the greatest things in all of Pharaoh's land. There's nobody else like you. Oh, and she, she likes that. She likes to be told, hey, you're beautiful, you're, you're, you're lovely. You're, he, he goes on and he says, your, your eyes, how beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful your eyes are, doves. So, so notice that he, this is the first time that he's really speaking. That, and and he, doesn't, he doesn't start, when he speaks, he doesn't start with looks and lust. He doesn't start with, I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. Right here. He starts with her eyes. But a lot of guys, they start here. And he's like, no, I'm looking at your eyes, girl. Your eyes are beautiful. Your eyes are so beautiful. Oh, you... You're like one of Pharaoh's, one of the beautiful, you're like a goddess. And, and so that's where we have to start. We have, we have to you know, discipline ourselves. They start with character. They don't, they don't go to the lust. They, they, they start with character. And, and the truth is, I mean, guys, I know some of us, we fell from the ugly tree. And we, we hit every branch on the way down. <laughs> Tell you what. But here's, here's the thing about women. When you lay your life down for a woman, when you encourage your spouse, when you encourage your wife, when you, when, you, when you tell your wife, when you love her, when you serve her, when you cherish her, when you do everything that you said you would do on the day that you got married, when you, when you live by the vows, all of a sudden you get a whole lot better looking to her. All of a sudden... She's like, I can't believe God gave you to me. When you lay your life down for a woman, she's created. When you lay your life, down for your, your, your life down for your wife, she's created to give you love back in a way that you don't deserve. She's created by God to love you in a way that it, it's, it's a blessing. And I want you to look at how she responds. As he encourages her, it makes her feel special. She's like, Me? You love me, Solomon? And she says, oh, Solomon, you're, you're making me feel, you make me feel like a rose of Sharon. 
Oh, I'm a lily of the valleys. You make me feel like a natural woman. Woman. She's like, you can't believe it, Solomon? But notice what he does. He, he says, oh, no, no, no. You're not just a lily of the valley. Now watch what he says. He says, no, 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 no. You're like a lily among thorns. All those other women ain't got nothing on you. They can't hold a can. They can't hold a match to you. No, you you are a lily among the thorns, my darling. Among the maidens, you're just you stand above them all. You're like one in a million. They're all thorns, and you're the flower. You're the rose. You're so beautiful. And and watch what happens. He loves her through her insecurities. All right. And, and guys, by the way, husbands, that's our job is to love our wives through their insecurities, through their stretch marks, through their, their struggles in their mind, through the thoughts that they have that they'll never measure up. Come on, somebody. It's to love them through. So what else happens? As he lays his life down, as he is encouraging her, she feels special, but also she feels secure. She feels like... I'm the, luck, I'm the luckiest girl in the world. One of the greatest gifts you can ever give your wife is security. It's security. Uh, ask me how I know is because we walked through that this week, actually. Our, our Yukon broke down and uh, took it to the shop, and we're going to have to replace the transmission in it, right? So I called my brother in Tennessee, and he's a mechanic, and, and uh, like I trust him with everything car related because he's just so good at it and he talked me through some things and he said now if Annalise is like my wife she's going to want to trade it <laughs> he was 100% right <laughs> do you know why because she didn't feel secure she felt like this thing's going to break down I can't trust this anymore it's not, it's not roadworthy. I don't want to be out on the road and it break down on me. And so she felt insecure about, about the car. And so watch, watch this. She, here's, how, here's how the Shulamite woman responds. She says, because he's encouraged her, she says, like an apple tree among the trees of the forest is my lover among young men. I delight to sit in his shade. Remember, she was insecure about what? skin color she had been abused by the sun the heat of the day and now she says i delight to sit in his shade what's that that's security she feels secure and she says and his fruit is sweet to my taste i don't know what that means <laughs> but the notes in my study bibles i'm honest to god the note in my study bible says the precise nature of this fruit is uncertain I don't know. But she delights to sit in his shade. She feels secure. She feels loved. She feels safe. She feels honored. And listen, nobody can do this for your wife like you can, sir. No one can make your wife feel secure like you can. It's our responsibility. So let me give you three thoughts about how to, how to help our wives feel secure. Number one is this. Be her pastor. If you want your wife to be secure, be her pastor. Now listen, I know I'm the pastor of this church, but in a very real and spiritual way, you're the pastor of your home. 
You're the shepherd of your home. It's your responsibility to cultivate love, to cultivate security, to cultivate this uh, specialness in your own marriage. So you set the tone spiritually in your home. Hey, everybody, you, men, you pray. You lead the prayer at the dinner table. You lead the prayer around family time at night. You wake up the kids to go to church on Sunday morning because stay-at-home families don't produce go-to-church kids. So, men, we got to step into that role. It's time. Let's get up. Let's go to the house of God. Be her pastor. Number two, be her provider. There's, I know that it's very possible that maybe your spouse, maybe your wife makes more money than you do. But this is not about making money. This is about providing for her. This is about you saying, hey, you know what? We're going to live beneath our means as a family. Hey, we're, we're going to make some tough decisions that we're not going to spend 120% of our income. Hey, we're, we're going to tithe. We're going to give. We're going to be generous. We're, going to, we're, we're not going to have more month than we have money. He's, he's leading. We got to lead as, as the provider of our home, but also we got to be her protector. It's our responsibility to protect our spouse. Now, the Bible actually says that, that we were created, men were created a little stronger than women. Not so we can put women in their place. We can tell them this is the way it's going to be. No, actually, God created you stronger so that you could lay your life down for your wife. So you could protect her. So you could, you could lay your life down. So how do you protect her? You protect her with her emotions. You protect the way, by the way that you respond, the way that you lead. You protect her with the purity of your mind. You say, babe, there's nobody else out there for me. You're the only one. You protect her with the way that you lead in the home. I'm not going to let something, I'm not going to let something hurt your heart. And when you do that, she feels special. She feels secure. She feels honored. And then watch what happens. Watch what happens. The Shulamite woman, she feels like, man, Solomon, he's just so incredible. Watch what happens. She says, whew, strengthen me with raisins. Refresh me with apples. I am I'm faint with love. Let me tell you what she's saying. 100% apples and raisins were aphrodisiacs. What's that, Pastor Ben? Sexual stimulants. She's saying, she's saying, you, it, Solomon, you're going to you're gonna have to find a place. Like I, I, I just need some apples. I need to be refreshed right now. I need some raisins. We, we, we're about to make out right here, right? By the way, it's only for married couples, all right? No, Dayton, not, not for you yet. Strengthen me with apples. Strengthen me with raisins. Glory to God. Solomon says, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, right? And I kind of have this hunch that some of you are going to go straight from here to Market Street. You're going to be picking up <laughs> raisins and apples. They're going to sell out. And don't ask me what kind. I'm not sure if it's Granny Smith, Gala, Honeycrisp. I don't know what kind it is, but what are you, what are you talking about, Pastor Ben? What, I guess what I'm just saying is like when, when you do those things, godly character, growing trust, high standards, and you're building consistent encouragement in your relationship, it's going to be good at home. 
His left arm is under my head. His right arm embraces me. And that's just a, that's just a picture of what a healthy marriage looks like. She feels special. She feels safe, secure, because they've done things right. And that's what I want for us today. Even if you didn't start off right today, we can start over again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me today? And let me just, let me just start by asking if, if you're here today and you would say, Pastor Ben, I need, to, I need to grow in these four qualities. Whether you're single, you're married, doesn't matter. I want you to know my hand is going to be up here, okay, because I need to grow in these qualities. And if that's you, if you'd say, I need to grow in these, would you just slip up your hand and let me pray for you today? I just need to grow in these areas. Father, for every hand that's up, I'm praying, Lord, let us grow in this area. Let us grow in developing our, our godly character, that we would grow closer to you first before we try to be there for anybody else. Lord, let us have a healthy relationship with you. Let us grow in our relationship together. Father, I'm praying for, uh, for, for a growing trust among us, that there would be a, a, a spiritual attraction, but also an emotional attraction that would be between us and our spouse, God, that, that, that we would be healthy together, that we would love and care and honor, and that we would just be there for one another. Father, I'm praying for that, that high standards that we need to have for one another, high standards in our own personal life where we say, I'm not going here, I'm not doing that, I'm going to say no to some things so I can have a healthy relationship with with my spouse and those around me and God for that encouragement that so many of us it just kind of falls off along the way we just we we focus too much on what's wrong and what's not going well God help us to help us today to leave here knowing that you're for us you're not against us and we can we can encourage we can put courage back into our spouse courage back into our into our husband our wife we thank you for that today Jesus' name, with your head still bowed, if you're here and maybe for you, you don't know God. And, and we've just talked about godly, a, a godly relationship. We've talked about godly character. And what, it doesn't even matter if you're married or you're single. It doesn't matter. If you don't know God, I need you to know that God loves you. If you don't know Him, He knows who you are. And you don't have to do anything to make God happy. You don't, have to, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to change your life for God to love you. He loves you. He loves you just as you are, but he doesn't want you to stay as you are. And, and, and what that means is you're going to have to make a decision. God loves you, but he wants to work in you. He wants to begin a relationship with you where you, where you grow into the person he's called you to be. But it starts with a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. To invite Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior, to lead you, to guide you, to direct you. And so if you're here today and you don't know God, you don't have a relationship with Him, but you're ready to do that. You're ready today to invite Him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. To have godly character. It starts there. If that's you, on the count of three, slip up your hand. One, two, three. I'm ready to go all in with a relationship with God. I see you. I see you. One, two three. Anybody else would say that's me? Four. Who else would say that's me, Pastor Ben? Five. Who else? Anybody else would say six? Seven. Come on, hold it up high. Let me see it so I can lead you in just a moment. Eight. Seven, eight. Anyone else say that's me? I'm, I'm going all in today. I'm surrendering all that I have to Jesus. I see you up top. All right. I'm proud of every one of you. And what I want to ask you to do is I want you to say this prayer with me. Just This is a prayer of surrender, a prayer of of really making a decision 
to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And if that's you, I want you to say this prayer. Everybody here today, say this with me. Mean it from your heart. Say, Jesus, I surrender. I give you my life, my heart, soul, mind, strength. Will you forgive me of all my sins? Cleanse me. Wash me. Thank you for a second chance. This is my do-over day. I'm deciding to follow you. And from this day forward, I will live for you. I will serve you. I'll obey you as best as I know how. Will you be my Lord and Savior? In Jesus' name, amen.